This episode is brought to you by Miro, the online collaborative whiteboard where distributed product teams get work done. Go from idea to execution using pre-built Kanban boards, sticky notes and retrospectives all on an infinite canvas. Learn more and try Miro for free. Visit Miro.com to get started. That's M-I-R-O.com. Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. My name is Anu. I'm a VP of product at Atlassian, where I lead our enterprise business and cloud platform teams. Today, I want to share some of my personal learnings from leading a company-level transformational change at Atlassian and to discuss challenges in leading huge movements and some tips for overcoming these challenges. My hope is that you will leave this talk inspired to ignite a movement of your own. By way of introduction, I've spent 17 years in the tech industry, a decade at Microsoft, building developer tools in Visual Studio, and now at Atlassian, I've been in various roles as the head of product for Jira, head of company-wide product strategy, and uh, VP of product most currently. Um, Even though I've been in Atlassian for seven years, I've really only worked for six out of those seven years. I'm a bit of an animal nerd. And in 2016, when travel was still a thing, uh, wow, do you remember those times when we could actually get on an airplane? <laughs> it seems like a lifetime. Um, I took a year off to work as a safari guide with the lions in Africa. Um, we set up traps to capture cheetahs in Namibia so we could put on tracking collars around their necks and uh, help protect them from poaching. And last but not the least, I worked with penguins in Antarctica, setting up uh, cameras near rookeries so we could track their numbers over the seasons. Uh, Penguins have seen so few people out there in Antarctica that they don't think we're a danger. They just fearlessly walk right up to you. It was delightful to see that. So that was a super fun year. Uh, At the end of the year, though, when the CEO of Atlassian called me and asked me to come back to work for him, I decided to go back because, you know, I had blown all my money and I needed a real job. But also, I thought, what could be harder and more challenging than rehabilitating lions and capturing cheetahs? Running product teams, of course. You all know that. So my current job is leading product at Atlassian. Uh, For those of you who don't know Atlassian, we make a suite of collaboration tools such as Jira, Confluence, Trello, Bitbucket, Status Page, Ops Genie, and many others. If your team builds software or does digital collaboration of any form, you've probably come across one of our products at some point. At Atlassian, we believe that behind every great human achievement, there is a team. And our mission is to help unleash the potential of every team. Day in and day out, the one thing that we truly believe in and strive to infuse in all our products is how we can make teamwork easier. There are several personal productivity tools out there that are great to use individually in a single player mode. But as a company, we focus on how to make multiplayer mode productivity better, whether it is with documents, workflows, customer service, communication, anything that makes teams work better together That's what makes us tick. So going back to the title of the talk, 
what are we talking about when we say starting a movement? Why are movements important and how do you start and sustain them? Simply defined, a movement can describe any type of change, big or small. It usually involves an organized effort with a certain end goal or objective in mind. And uh, uh, the word movement is used more in the context of starting a big social change. Think about the civil rights movement or the climate change movement more recently. The definition of a movement closely resembles the description of transformational leadership. A great movement is a mechanism to manifest transformational leadership. Knowing how to lead a team of people through change is a critical skill for any product manager. And the bigger the change, especially company level transformations, the more challenging the task to foster a movement that will help with that transformational change. While movements for change is often hard and painful, transformation is a given in our industry if you want to be successful. Resting on your laurels means you will get quashed in no time. We've seen several examples of that through tech history. And conversely, companies that have successfully pulled off strategic transformations find new areas of sustainable growth and become enduring, profitable businesses. This list of companies illustrates some well-known transformations in our industry, like Netflix pivoting from distributing DVDs to streaming digital content to now creating their own award-winning original content, tripling the revenues over time or Adobe's shift into creative cloud, or Microsoft's great reinvention post the Windows and Barmer era to the Azure and Satya Nadella era. Great companies must develop the muscle to transform if they hope to last. Movements make those transformations possible. As COVID rapidly changes the way we do work and do business, we see our own customers at Atlassian lean in even further into digital transformation and how they work effectively in a fully remote scenario now and a mostly remote scenario in the future. This needs a movement that will change the way companies look at success metrics, evaluate their business strategies or build investment plans. But digital transformation across your entire company is a tall order. So how do you start a movement to foster this kind of transformation? Let me illustrate with an example from Atlassian. Internally, one of our big movements has been our shift from on-premise software to a fully cloud-based SaaS business. Atlassian is a product-led company. One of our long-term goals is to become a company with 100 million MAU and have our products be used by millions of teams worldwide. As we thought about that goal, we quickly discovered that the only way we hit that kind of scale is delivering SaaS products. No matter which geo, industry, or sector, cloud is rapidly taking over traditionally on-prem software. So shifting to the cloud model was a no-brainer. However, as a company, Atlassian had spent much of its existence selling on-premise software. We built products for on-prem customers and majority of our revenue used to come from on-prem customers. So the movement we needed was to completely shift our business from on-premise software to SaaS. To pull off a shift to SaaS, not only did we need to build cloud versions of our products and convince our customers to move, we needed to transform our company DNA. And we needed to do it fast. But making such a sweeping change across 5,000 people was hard. It affected every single part of the company. It was a massive transformational change. 
So how did we pull this off? I was lucky enough to have had the opportunity to be at the forefront of that movement for the last three years. As we set out on this multi-year movement to the cloud at Atlassian, here are a few lessons I learned. First, leading a movement needs you to have a thick skin. Be prepared to champion the unpopular opinion. You have to be courageous and do the right thing even when it is inconvenient and uncomfortable for your teams. It will inevitably require you to make difficult decisions, whether it's killing a pet project for more focus, taking a leap into a new way of working or reorging teams to support new processes. Courage is essential for making these decisions happen. But to truly change hearts and minds, courage also needs empathy and love. It's easy to lead with love when it comes to your own teams. Your team are your people. You spend time together, identify as a single unit, share war stories, and you pull through deadlines together. You've got each other's back. But as you scale to larger teams, it gets much harder to build the same kind of trust with other teams and functions. And when there is no trust, things start going south. While leading the shift from on-premise to uh, SaaS, I sometimes encounter people saying, oh, this is just really difficult to do. The other team's not doing their job. Cloud team doesn't want to do X or sales team doesn't want to do Y. The product team is slow in shipping. It's the other team's fault. But digging deeper, you realize that we often make up these conspiracy theory, theories about how other teams are sabotaging us when we're scared, when we don't understand how our world will look after transformational change. So when leading a movement, understand that your teammates may resist or even be hostile. Keep explaining the why. As PMs, it is your number one job. I love this quote from Jeff Wiener where he says, when you get tired of saying it, that's when they start listening. So establishing shared purpose is critical to avoid mistrust, especially when you're asking people to completely change their way of working. Change also means that we have to give up some of our old ways. For instance, our support team has had to serve customers very differently in the SaaS world where uptime becomes a hot button issue for CSS and you don't no longer care about infrastructure upgrades from a customer perspective. This can be stressful. It's important to lead with love and hold emotional space for people whose jobs are significantly changing as a result of this transition. Engage them in the zone of discomfort, paint the new picture and encourage them to move on to a new world. At Atlassian, we were lucky to have our company values guide our change. This is not just a marketing crap that we put on a website, but our values are truly what we live every day. You can tell we are an Australian company. We have a lot of swear words in our values. But playing as a team, being open and empathetic makes us all not just better leaders and teammates, but better humans. And that's what you need most to influence change. So that was lesson one. Think back in your own jobs about a situation where you were challenged, but you led with courage and empathy to win the hearts and minds of your teams. Or a situation where you wish you had applied a better balance of courage and empathy. I'd love to hear about that. So going to lesson two, when I think of a movement, my mind first jumps to the great migration in the African savanna, where the wildebeest and zebra move along the plains in one giant movement. Here's a picture from the Great Migration. Isn't it marvelous? Things are orderly, sorted by every animal. They're all drinking water in one straight line. So neat. In reality, the migration often tends to look like this. 
several times it devolves into a mad stampede, a rush against time and unseen dangers. If you look closely, there's a crocodile in that river amid the zebras. The great movement of wildebeests is not neat. It can, it can be absolute freaking chaos. Now, while in business, we don't really get eaten if we don't ship faster, as the zebras do if they don't swim faster, our competitors do eat our lunch. And because the market is not going to wait for you to neatly execute your transformational change, it's imperative to accept a certain level of messiness in order to move quickly. Strike the right balance of accepting messiness and managing the rate of change so your teams don't get overwhelmed. Going back to the cloud shift at Atlassian, the way I think about change management is to nurture a sapling and transplant it when robust. The first thing we did was to prioritize and centralize learning. We focused on customer problems and rigorously analyzed each successful and failed migration. What could we learn from this and what are key changes to make? The second was to make sure we centralized these new skills under a central function until they were a strong enough muscle. Example, cloud instrumentation or funnel analysis for SaaS, etc. Having qualitative learnings and quantitative insights allowed us to move swiftly. And third, this gave us the confidence to eventually introduce more structural changes to our teams and processes. So we could now radiate back these new learnings to the rest of our teams. So that was lesson two. Think back to your own situation where it feels like you've had to manage change so your teams don't get too overwhelmed, but also develop and strengthen new team-wide skills in the process. What were challenges that you faced in striking that balance? On to lesson number three, the last in this section. Over the years that I led the SaaS shift at Atlassian, I literally had conversations with hundreds of industry leaders. CEOs, CPOs, VPs, different companies that had made a similar shift to SaaS, Microsoft, Google, Adobe, Intuit, Concur, a long list of successful as well as unsuccessful shifts. While there are many things we can learn from them, my advice is to always be true to yourself. Know what makes your organization unique and don't blindly copy what others did. For Atlassian, our differentiator has always been our land expand scale model. Most enterprise SaaS companies have a massive sales team to sell to enterprise customers. But we are different because for the longest time, we didn't even have a sales team. We invest nearly half our resources in R&D with our investment in sales and marketing pretty much being at the lowest percentage points across the industry. We are a product-led company and copying sales tactics from other companies blindly would have been a losing proposition for us. Succumbing to the traditional way of sales would have caused us to lose our hard-earned advantage in our distribution model. Instead, we took our existing strategy and evolved it with cross-platform cloud innovations to promote cross-sell. We made packaging innovations in pricing and bundling. We leveraged our global identity system to encourage wall-to-wall -wall adoption of Atlassian products at a company. We shipped uh, products like Atlassian Access, which would help enable that. We built advanced capabilities and supported customers with complex requirements via our premium and enterprise additions. Staying true to our strengths have helped strengthen our differentiators and retain our competitive advantage. So now back to you. Think back about your own company. What are your true differentiators in market? Are you aware of those? Do you think those differentiators at your company are enduring? Would you change them? 
Think about those and let me know. I'd be curious to compare notes on that with you. So that was the end of our first section with three lessons on starting a movement. But large movements are marathons, not sprints. Most movements die an early death because they cannot be sustained. So how do you retain the stamina and endurance needed to sustain a movement successfully? In part two, we will examine three more lessons to do that. Once you begin a movement, know that uncertainty is just part of the game. You can't escape it, but you can prepare for it. Normally, when given a problem, such as finding the highest point in a landscape, you can approach solving it in many ways. For instance, this dude here with not very much hair, thanks to my drawing skills, wants to get to the highest point. He's in it to win it. So what's he going to do? He gets to the top very easily. This is what we call a simple landscape. There's one peak and one way to get to the top. So that was easy. Here we see a tall, slightly nerdy guy trying to find the tallest point to plant his flag. But now you see the landscape is slightly different. There are multiple peaks. He gets to the top of the first mountain and realizes, oh, this is not the global optima. This is not the highest peak in the landscape. But he's clever enough to go find the global optimum. And as you can see, he attains enlightenment on the mountaintop. But this is a rugged landscape. If you are an engineer, you know many ways to write a simple wayfinding algorithm for this. Here we see a guy in a baseball cap and glasses. So baseball cap dude faces the mountains and says, I got this. He's so keen to solve this problem, check him out, his feet aren't even touching the ground. In no time, our dude lands at the highest peak, a rugged landscape, shot, no peaks are holding back this superstar over here. But as he plants his flag, what happened? There's a massive earthquake. Oh no, the seismic shift has changed the whole landscape. Now, baseball cap dude is no longer on the highest mountaintop. And to his horror, another hilltop has become the highest peak now. And what's worse, there's a competitor-shaped giant climbing up the new highest peak like his hair is on fire. Yikes. The world that we operate in is a dancing landscape. There are constant disruptions in technology that alter the landscape around us, rendering our strengths irrelevant and needing us to constantly reassess our tactics. Being paranoid in a world like this pays off. Monitor your competition. I like tools like Crayon or simple newsletter analysis tools that automate a lot of competitive intel as an example. And second, be willing to change your strategy and tactics. A flexible plan helps a lot. At the end of this lesson, think about your top three competitors. How aware are you of what they're doing in their businesses? What are market trends that are completely appending the business that you are working in? What are the biggest threats from your competitors that you are worried about? Do you have a plan in case they come to pass? Some of these are basics of product management, but it's important to have the discipline to continually focus on them and make sure that you're on top of changing trends and uh, seismic shifts in your industry. On to the next lesson. A dancing landscape is an uncertain landscape. When faced with an uncertainty, we often uh, let fear lead us into a position where we hunker down into inaction. But that's the opposite of what we need to do. 
though counterintuitive it's important to play to win in an uncertain environment when you think of crucial issues there is often a range called the overton window which is used a lot in political and social contexts typically the views held by the public tend to be on some range of either left or right of current status quo this is where normalcy is take for example climate change or racial inequality most people acknowledge it is a problem some of us believe we should take strong measures some of us advocate leniency and measured steps but overall there are reasonable policies in a spectrum that most people subscribe to but when you start a movement like the anti racism movement or climate change movement you have a chance to pull that window in one direction or the other as a leader you have to shift the frame of reference where the general public starts to realize that the radical option the unthinkable option is really not as unthinkable as we imagine shifting the frame of reference of an entire population this is the stuff that social movements are made of and for smaller scale movements like a cloud shift for example at atlassian the same principle applies where you shift thinking from let's hedge our bets across on premise and cloud to let's go all in on saas 3 years ago it was unthinkable for us to have large enterprises on cloud today over 90% of our customers choose cloud over on prem the moments where you shift that window of thinking that is where you play to win not just to avoid losing remember status quo has a large center of gravity and most people cling on to status quo even after quo has lost long its uh, long lost its status but as a leader how well you're able to shift the frame of reference is really what determines the success of your movement most large scale movements last many years so for our last lesson let's think about what does it take for a movement to be successful and overall follow the arc of what is correct because over the years what is correct can change so it's important that a movement needs to be more correct than consistent a thing that i'm often accused of is that i change my mind very quickly and it's true i often do change my mind quickly lincoln is one of my favorite heroes and uh, that's why i've drawn his hat here and i'm quoting john maynard keynes uh because when people accuse you of changing your mind typically if you think about it most people change their minds because new data has come to light new facts have come to light and when that does happen and you've analyzed what new facts mean to the situation it's often a good idea to change your opinion it's called science but granted it's not always necessary another option is to change the facts we see people exercise this option as well but for those of us that don't like alternative facts we accept real facts and we change our stance to factor in those learnings instead i get a lot of stuff wrong but a fast learning curve means that people and systems around me help me figure out every single time i get something wrong and when they do i do a bayesian update of my mental model and move on to the next tactic it appears a bit like this if you know of my real world love of chocolate you can tell that's how i seek chocolate in real life too like a lab rat in a maze but each time i know i made a mistake in choosing a path i turn around and switch back to another path while this can look like a mad scramble there's a method to the madness science the shit out of it and titrate your path to success 
So think back to your own situation at work. Think of a key goal or project you've taken on. What are mistakes you've made in the last three months on this? Who or what has helped you realize these mistakes? Could you have made the learning loop faster? What would help? Having a learning system is critical for success. Make sure that you've set yourself up in a sound and strong learning system. To wrap up, here are key lessons. When starting a movement, lead with courage and love. Manage change inside of chaos and stick to your core essence while learning from others. Once your movement has kicked off, remember to stay light on your foot so you aren't caught flat-footed in the dancing landscape. Play to win, not just to avoid losing, and science the shit out of it by setting up learning loops that are tight and fast. So that's it for today. I hope you found some of the lessons useful and wish that they inspire you to go forth and ignite a movement of your own. Thank you so much. This episode was brought to you by Miro, the online collaborative whiteboard where distributed product teams get work done. Go from idea to execution using pre-built Kanban boards, sticky notes, and retrospectives, all on an infinite canvas. Learn more and try Miro for free. Visit Miro.com to get started. That's M-I-R-O.com. Thank you for listening to The Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.